Happy Easter. <laughs> My name's Shannon Stokes, and I just want to give a special welcome to all of you on this um, special Sunday. There are connect cards in the seat back in front of you, and so if you would take it out and fill it out, whether you're a member or a guest, we'd love um, for you to fill one out and put them in the black boxes that are um, at the exits after the service is over. This first slide is announcing one of the best weeks of the year. Uh, VBS is coming June 12th through 16th. Twists and turns is the theme. It's gonna be a great week. Tony always does an awesome job organizing um, such a fun time for our kids. And so if you are interested in signing your child up, if you'll just write it on your Connect card and make sure to include your email address, Tony will email you the link the registration um, officially opens next Sunday. This next slide, I'm so excited to talk to you guys about. Our first annual Good News Camp. It is in September, and it's gonna be amazing. You all are invited, and um, camp is a little bit of a misnomer because it's at Southwind, which is a Young Life Camp. And if you've ever been to a Young Life Camp, it's not a camp, it's a resort. There are Air-conditioned cabins, comfy beds, awesome food, the bathrooms are connected to the rooms, all the electricity you could ever need. It's so fun. Um, Southwind has such fun things to do. If you love being active, there's paddle boarding, there's sand volleyball courts, there's covered basketball courts, there's an 18-hole disc golf course, there's a water slide into the pool. Um, there is also a three-person swing, which is one of my favorite things. It, you, they strap you in and they raise you way up in the trees and then one brave person pulls the cord and you go swinging off. It's awesome. Um, but if relaxing is more your speed, there are covered porches with rocking chairs all over camp. There are chairs by the pool you can lounge. Um, it's gonna be a great weekend whether you're 87 or whether you're a parent of a young child, um, it's gonna be an awesome weekend, so please join us. Um, oh, and the registration is live today, so there's cards on your seats and they have a QR code, and so you can scan that after the service and go ahead and get all the information you need and go ahead and sign up and register. Next thing, Super Sunday. Our last Super Sunday was awesome, um, and this one I'm sure will not disappoint. We are gonna square dance, and do not be intimidated by the square dancing. We got a caller coming. She's gonna walk us through all the steps. It's super easy if you can put your arm out like this and walk in a circle. Um, it's gonna be awesome, and it's gonna be so much fun. Put on a bandana and come on out. We're gonna have barbecue provided by County Road Provisions. Um, it's really awesome barbecue truck. Um, and so please join us on April 30th. If you um, already know that you'd like to come, go ahead and write it on your Connect card so we can start planning um, numbers. That would be super helpful. I am going to go ahead and pray as Smiley comes forward. Father, thank you for today. Thank you um, for what you've done for us through Jesus. Um, I pray for Smiley um, as he speaks to us today that uh, you would speak through him, that you would open our ears and hearts to what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Shannon. Being a pastor, people often ask me, Smiley, what do you do? And I love to say, I love to tell people who want to hear about Jesus about Jesus. 
Could there be any better thing than that? That I love to tell people who want to know about Jesus about Jesus. So I have a question for you. Do you want to know about Jesus? And that's why you're here today, right? Oh, man, I am so excited. I love Jesus, and I want you to love him. I want you to leave here rejoicing at the great hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Uh, so this morning, I'm going to read to you about the resurrection of Christ from an eyewitness. I mean, I wasn't there when Jesus rose, but what I'm going to read, Peter was there, and he left us uh, a written record of his eyewitness account. So if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to 1 Peter 1, and if you don't, it's going to be on the screens. 1 Peter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter says, one day, one day a dead man got up and walked out of the tomb. He said, it's true, it's true that I saw him. A dead man got up and walked out of the tomb and said, we could too. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. I believe the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the most hope-filled event in history, the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most hope-filled event in the history of the world. And that's why today's message is called Jesus is our living hope. That Jesus is our living hope. And when we say that, uh, that introduces our point, the point of today's message, which is that Jesus is our only hope in life and death. Would you say that with me? Jesus is our only hope in life and death. Uh, let me ask you, what is your hope for a better life? What's your hope? What, what's your hope for having a marriage that lasts? What, what is your hope for having, listen, as Christians, Jesus is our only hope in life and death. You know what that makes me? A hope dealer. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather be a hope dealer than a dope dealer, right? And, and you know what I deal? I deal hopium. I do ideal hopium. I mean, the world has so much bad news, but I get to deliver good news and hopium to people all the time because as a pastor, people will come and say, I've really messed up. Could I be forgiven? And you know what I get to tell people? Yes, you can. I have people who tell me I'm struggling with pornography, I'm struggling with alcohol, I'm struggling with drugs. Could I ever be free? And I get to tell them what? Yes, you can. Listen, we're struggling in our marriage. We're really struggling. Is there hope for our marriage? Yes, there's hope. 
Smiley, I'm so concerned about the, what I see happening around in our country. Could my life make a difference? Yes. Uh, Smiley, could, could I go to heaven? Yes, you can. Listen, one day a dead man got up and walked out of the tomb and, and he said we could too. That event changes everything and brings hope into every person in every situation. So let's take Jesus as our only hope in life and death and unpack it a little bit. First, I'd like you to see that hope there is a noun. It's a noun because in our culture, we usually use hope as a verb, don't we? I mean, yesterday I was saying, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Or, or like as a Gator fan, I say, I hope the Gators are good this fall. And you say, well, that's just wishful thinking, right? But hope for us is a... It's a noun. It's a noun. And, and what is hope? The best definition I've ever heard from hope of hope is that hope is the joyful expectancy that the best is yet to come. Uh, what does the resurrection of Christ mean? It means if we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, that we can live every day of our life with the joyful expectancy that the best is yet to come. Uh, you say, well, how could someone live life with the joyful expectancy that the best is yet to come. Isn't that what our passage said in verse 6? In this you greatly rejoice. Wow, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Listen, life in a broken world is hard, but we live life believing something better is coming so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may result to, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. We are here today to celebrate the fact that, that one day a dead man got up and walked out of the tomb and said, we could too. And I want you to understand the significance of Jesus coming out of the cross, out of the grave. When Jesus rose from the dead, that was the proof that he had conquered our two greatest enemies, and our two greatest enemies are sin and death. Now, the word gospel means good news, but it, <clears throat> it contains some bad news. And and, and I want you to know that a lot of churches don't ever teach the bad news. But if we don't understand what's broken in us and what's broken in the world, we don't know what the solution is. It's only when we understand the bad news of the gospel that we really appreciate the good news. And so I'm going to share with you a little bit about the bad news, and that is sin and death. We look around our world and say, what's wrong with our world? You know what's wrong? What? Sin and death. And then what's wrong with us? Well, sin and death. Let me show you in Romans 3. Would you read this verse with me? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So God's word says, who has sinned? All of us. <laughs> you know our problem with sin? We're, most of us are farsighted. You know what it means to be farsighted? It means we can see far away, but we can't see in close. And isn't that true of us when it comes to sin? We see really clearly the sins of others, don't we? Now, look what those people are doing. 
So we can see their sins, but we can't see our, our own. So when we see real clearly the sins of others, I want you to remember people are farsighted, so you can see theirs, but guess what they see? They see what? Ours, and especially mine. And what really matters isn't so much that other people see my sin, but God sees our sin. So listen, the Bible says that all of us have sinned, and then that raises the question, well, what is a sin? A sin is a crime against God. What is a sin? It's a crime against God. And most people never even think that sin is primarily an offense against God. And that's why sin is such a big deal. It's not so much the deed, but who it's against. Not convinced? Think for a moment, what was the first sin? What was the first sin that wrecked everything? Was it murder? No. Was it rape? No. Was it that someone kicked a dog? No. You know what the first sin was? Our first parents looked God in the face and said, we will not obey you. It wasn't the sin or the deed, it was who they sinned against. It was cosmic rebellion. And every time we sin, we look God in the face and say, we will not put you first. We will not honor our father and mother. We will not reserve sex for marriage. We will not tell the truth. And so we commit crime after crime against God. That's why sin's a big deal. Listen, the God we've sinned against is a just God. And that means there's something inside of God that says sin must be punished. He can't just wink at sin and let us in the back door. So God clearly reveals the response of a just God to sin. And in Romans 6, 23, notice it says, For the wages of sin is death. You know what a wage is? It's what you get paid, right? So, so the Bible says that if God gave us what we deserved, it would be death. And I want you to know it's not simply physical death. Physical death is when our bodies and spirits are separated, but, but it's speaking about eternal death, which is the separation of our body and spirit from God and from all good things forever. That's what hell is. It's a separation not only from God, but from all good things. So the bad news is really bad that, that we have sinned against God, committed crime after crime against God, and God is just, and we're condemned, and we can't save ourselves. But notice what happens for the wages of sin is death, but we don't have to get what we deserve. We can get something so much better than what we deserve. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Do you see Christ Jesus? Do you know who Jesus is? Jesus is God the Son who put on flesh and came to earth. Oh, in, in John chapter 1, I communicate with you through words, and so when God wanted to communicate to us, he did through, so God, through God the Son who's called the Word. And look at this, and the Word became flesh. Jesus is fully God and fully man, truly God, truly man in one word, in, in one person. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Young people, have you ever said to your parents, you just don't understand? Do you know we can't say that to Jesus? You know why? Because he lived here on earth, and he really does understand. And, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He came, and we saw his glory. 
Peter was an eyewitness to the resurrected of Christ. So was John. He says, Jesus walked out of the grave and I saw him. I saw his glory. We saw his glory, glorious of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we have a sin and death problem that we couldn't solve. So God the Son put on flesh and came to earth. And the reason was to pay the penalty for our sins. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance. So when you're in school and the teacher tells you that this is of first importance, what do you know? It's going to be on the test. If you work in a business and the boss says, this is of first importance, you realize, don't miss this, right? And listen, in the whole Bible, this is what's of first importance. So don't miss this. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins. Listen, death is a penalty for sin, but Jesus had never sinned. So what he was able to do is our substitute. He took our sins upon himself and he died in our place to pay the full and awful penalty that our sins deserve. And do you know what Jesus did when he was on the cross? He stayed. You ever been in a tough spot and you quit? But he stayed. He stayed on the cross until he had finished the job. He stayed on the cross until he cried out, it is finished, to tell us die, paid in full. He paid the full and awful penalty for our sins. And how do we know that? Because on the third day he rose. You see, he really did die. He died for our sins according to the scriptures. It's okay to slow down and take a breath. And that he was buried. He really did die. And that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. When Jesus walked out of the tomb, that was the proof that he had conquered our two greatest enemies, sin and death, because death was the penalty for sin. And having paid it in full, he walks out. Just like if someone committed a crime and they were sentenced to prison for 15 years, when they had served 15 years, they walk out and no one stops them. Why? Because they had paid the debt. And so Jesus walks out of the tomb proving he had conquered sin and death and he offers us the greatest gift ever given, the gift of eternal life. Back to Romans 6, 23, each of us has a choice in life. We can get what we deserve or we can get what we don't deserve. That's our choice. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. If we insist, we can get exactly what we deserve but there's something so much better. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Um, I don't know about you, but I want what I don't deserve and, and not what I deserve. But it does raise two questions for us. And the two questions are, what is eternal life and how do we get it? What is eternal life and how do we get it? And what is eternal life? It's the forgiveness of our sins. The moment we receive the gift of eternal life, we are forgiven of all of our sins, past and present and future. And do you know, that meant so much to Peter. Uh, remember what had happened right before uh, Jesus rose? Remember Jesus had told Peter what? That you are going to what? Deny me. And Peter said what? I will never deny you. 
Is there anything in your life that you once said, I'll never do? I'll never get divorced. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never get a DUI. I, I'll never do. And then what happened? And then you did what you once said you would never do. And you know what Peter said? Jesus walked out of the tomb, and I realized that I could be forgiven. What is eternal life? It's being forgiven for all of our sins, past and present and future. Do you wonder, could you be forgiven? Yes, you can. Jesus rose, and we can be forgiven. What is eternal life? It's not only the forgiveness of sins. It's, it's an abundant life now and life that lasts forever. What makes it abundant is that we have a friend to do life with. Um, remember Peter? You know what he did? He, he denied his friend and he wondered, you know, I, I wonder if Jesus will still love me. And Jesus rose and what did Jesus do? Jesus, what? He, he fixed breakfast and he said, hey, Peter, hey, Peter. Let's have breakfast. Let's be friends. Don't all of us long for a friend, someone who, who would love us and never leave? Don't we long for that? Now, I do a lot of pre-marriage counseling, and, and I'll ask couples, you know, uh, why do you want to marry this person? Oh, they love me just the way I am. I've been married a long time. Good luck there, folks. <laughs> but I do have a friend who knows me better than I know myself, who knows everything about me. And what he said is, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. And you know what I find when you have a friend who loves you? Then you can enjoy the flawed love of your spouse and of your other friends because you're already well-loved. What is eternal life? It's an abundant life now. We get to do life with a friend, Jesus, who never leaves. It's about having a purpose. I mean, Peter, do you know what Peter had done? Jesus had found Peter fishing and said, hey, follow me and help change the world. So for three and a half or four years, Peter walked with Jesus and he thought he was changing the world and then Jesus died. What am I going to do? What am I going to do for the rest of my life? And then Jesus rose, and then Peter must have thought, well, Jesus is alive, but he wouldn't want me. He wouldn't want me. But he did. He said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, and he said, feed my sheep. And Peter realized that there was a place still for him to give his life to, to make a difference in the world. I talk to Christians all the time. I talk to people all the time, and they're so concerned what's happening in our country. Jesus gives us an opportunity. He says, follow me. Follow me and help change the world. What do you want to do with your life? You just want to waste it and complain, or do you want to partner with Jesus and help change the world one heart at a time? Listen, Jesus, what is eternal life? It's the forgiveness of our sins. It's an abundant life now. It's about having a friend to do life with and a purpose big enough to get ourselves out of bed every day excited about. <laughs> it is the opportunity to live forever. I mean, Peter looked around him. You know, the, the Christians were all being put to death. And he was so thankful that Jesus rose from the grave and said, we could too. He says, listen, eternal life is about living with Jesus forever. Did you know we're all going to die? 
Did you know, did, do you know that people are forever? It's either eternal life or eternal punishment. Wouldn't you rather spend eternity with Jesus than without him? Oh. So what is eternal life? It's a free gift. It's the best gift ever given. It's forgiveness for our sins, past, present, and future. It's an abundant life now with a friend and a purpose, and it's life that lasts forever. So how do we get it? We receive the free gift by faith. Didn't we read that Um, in our passage in verse 8? And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him. You see, we receive the gift by believing in Jesus. You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Um, The way we receive eternal life is we believe in Jesus. We believe in Jesus. And that's really (laughs) the action step of today is that what I want you to do is to believe in Jesus because I want you to have eternal life. And isn't that exactly what Jesus taught us in John 3, 16? Would you read this first? Let's read this together, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus makes it really clear. Who does Jesus say has eternal life? Who? Whoever believes in him. So then what's really important is what does it mean to believe in him? What does it mean to believe in him? If that's how you have eternal life, what does it mean to believe in him? And and we believe it's very simple. It's as simple as A, B, C, where we admit, and then we believe, and then we commit. It starts when we admit, Jesus, it's not just other people. I'm broken too. I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry. It starts when we admit, and then we believe, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And then the commit is we trust Jesus. We quit trusting in being good to have eternal life, and we trust what Jesus did for us on the cross. Jesus, I want you to be my Savior, to forgive me and to give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. I'm so thankful that eternal life is a free gift. I'm so thankful. You know why? Because religion says you have to be good to go to heaven. And if you have to be good to go to heaven, I don't stand a chance. Do you? But Jesus says, well, you don't have to be good. We need to believe, admit, believe, and commit. Oh, I'm so thankful to have eternal life. I'm so thankful to go to bed every night knowing I'm forgiven. I'm so thankful to live every day of my life with a friend and a purpose. I'm so thankful to know where I'm going to be when I die. Wouldn't you like to know? I have asked hundreds, if not thousands of people, do you know for certain that you have eternal life? Do you know for certain that you're going to go to heaven when you die? And what I hear so often is, I hope so. Are you a hope so? Now, if you are, imagine you need to go to Los Angeles, so you go up to Jacksonville and you catch a plane, and and the pilot comes across the intercom and says... I hope we're going to make it to L.A. today. How many of you are staying on the plane? Man, you're what? You're getting out and running, aren't you? If you wouldn't fly on a plane with a hope so, why in the world would you launch out into eternity? 
with a hope so. Don't you want to have a no so, don't you? Jesus says, listen, if you fly with me, if you believe in me, if you admit and believe and commit, it won't be a hope so. I will get you safely there. And we say, well, how do we know? And he says, listen, I rose from the grave and you will too. Oh, listen, Easter is about the greatest gift ever given, the gift of eternal life. And my question to you is, listen, does this make sense to you? Does it make sense to you that Jesus did it all so we could have it all? And would you like to receive this free gift? Who wouldn't want to be forgiven? Who wouldn't want an abundant, who wouldn't want a friend and a purpose? Who wouldn't want a future to know that you would be with Jesus forever? And so what I'd like to do as we close in prayer is to give you an opportunity, if you've never received this gift, to receive this gift. Yes, yes, I'd like the free gift. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to lead us in prayer, and we can both tell Jesus you'd like this gift. And then while everybody has their eyes closed, and I'm going to ask you that if you've said the prayer, that, that I just said, that if you'd raise your hand, listen, don't be embarrassed. There won't be any peekers. And even if someone peeks, it's okay. It's very helpful for us to, to physically say, yes, I did that. Yes, I trusted Christ. And I'd like you to raise your hand for me because I'd love to pray for you. So I'm going to pray. If you've trusted, if you've received the gifts, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you and then close out the prayer. So let's pray. Jesus, we are so thankful you came and lived that perfect life and died for our sins on the cross. And Lord, we're so thankful you didn't stay dead, that you rose. And Lord, thank you for offering us eternal life. Listen, if, if you'd like to be forgiven, if you'd like a friend and a purpose, if you'd like to know for certain you'll be with Jesus forever, Jesus is here. And he's more concerned about the attitude of your heart than the words that you say. But, but won't you repeat after me as we tell Jesus you'd like this gift. Lord Jesus, I admit to you that I have sinned against you in many ways. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. I want you to come into my life and be my Savior and forgive me of all my sins. I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if, if you've prayed that for the first time, well, listen, while everybody has their eyes, won't you just raise your hand and say, listen, today's the day I, I prayed that prayer and put my trust in, in Jesus Christ. Okay, listen, just keep your hand there. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray. I pray for those who've put their trust in you that they would know what you said, that when we believe in you, we do have eternal life, forgiveness, a friend, a purpose, and a future. And Lord, I pray, oh, I pray that none of us would leave here today who haven't received this gift, that we might leave rejoicing, that because you walked out of the tomb, we are forgiven, past, present, and future. Lord, we have a, a present, we have a friend and a purpose. And Lord, how thankful 
I am. May we leave rejoicing that when we die, we will be with you forever and ever. And we pray this in Jesus' name.